Thanks for listening to the Mark Aram Show podcast. Thanks for Xfinity for sponsoring said podcast. A couple of things in life I don't skimp on. Toilet paper, razor blades, seafood. I want the best of the best when it comes to all three. And internet. That's why I use Xfinity Internet. And it's the amazing 10G network. The 10G network from Xfinity, the future starts now. Smarter, more consistent, and a secure network. And it only gets better. Jump on board the Xfinity 10G network online. Just go to Xfinity.com. Hey, folks, it's Mark Aram. I hope you're enjoying the Mark Aram Show podcast. A reminder, you can hear this very radio show live Monday through Friday. We're live 6 to 8 p.m. Monday through Friday on 95.5 WSB Atlanta's News and Talk. 608 on a Wednesday. Mark Aram and crew with you for an action-packed edition of the Mark Aram Show. We're following breaking news on many fronts, most notably uh, the Breonna Taylor case out of Louisville, Kentucky. We'll monitor the situation live from Kentucky. Reporters Will Clark and Paul Miles will join us from WHAS in Louisville. Our WSB legal analyst, Phil Holloway, is going to join us in 30 minutes as well, give his legal insight of what we saw develop today uh, with the highly publicized case of Breonna Taylor. So we'll monitor the situation in Louisville. We'll get legal analysts from Phil Holloway, and we've got our eyes uh, peeled here in Atlanta to see if there's any demonstrations. Right now, there's a couple minor ones right now, but as we all know, uh, from the long history we've seen this year of demonstrations, a lot of stuff happens after dark. We will be live with you Throughout the night here on WSB Radio, if anything develops. So we got you covered there. A uh, lot to talk about. But I do want to keep you entertained first on your ride home. So uh, what are we going to play right now, Judd Hickenbotham? Let's play Millennial Match Game. Judd comes yeah. in just to say that one line every Monday and Wednesday. Hope you pay him. Yeah, he drives all the way from Tucker to say that one line live. Uh, joining us live from her palatial Woodstock estate, the host of Green and Growing, and my traffic compadre from the Triple Team Traffic Team, it's Millennial Ashley Frasca. How are you, Frazzles? Well, hey there. It's news to me I'm a millennial, but I am. Yeah, apparently you just make it in. So you're on the uh, the upper edge of the millennial scale, but that's all right. Even if you were a boomer, we'd have you play because <laughs> Frasca's always funny. Uh, folks that don't know, perhaps tell us a little bit about yourself, Ashley. Uh, 38 years old. I love my Great Dane. I enjoy playing tennis. That's a recent development. And uh, <laughs> I do traffic in the mornings with you. And you host Green and Growing when? That's okay. That's important, too. Uh, Green and Growing, a show about gardening, plants, flowers, trees, trees and, and stuff. stuff. Saturdays. <laughs> that's very important. Saturdays, 6 to 9. All right. So today's Millennial Match Game category, Ashley Frasca, Saturday morning cartoons. So think about that. Oh, <laughs> Think about that when we meet our contestants on the line. Carrie is on the Mark Aram Show. Carrie, tell the folks at home a little bit about yourself. Hey, I am a school teacher in Gwinnett County doing the digital and in-person learning. Um, love to cook and happy to be here. What is your go-to meal? If Longoria and I were coming to your house for dinner, what would you make us, Carrie? I make something that's called pavarotti. It's a pasta dish with a no-cook sauce. So it's got some crushed red pepper, olive oil, parmesan, parsley. Did you say pavarotti? Yeah, I, I, from what I understand, it's Pavarotti's favorite meal. From oh, all right. I'd like, I would someday like to have a meal named after me. All right, good stuff. Thank you, Carrie. You're going to be playing Mike in Ackworth. Mike, welcome to the Mark Aram Show. Tell the folks at home a little bit about yourself. Marky Mark, what's up, buddy? Uh, Mike from Ackworth um, in the construction uh, industry, run a, uh, equipment and supply side of the business, and uh, 
Happily married with a combined marriage of six kids. Good so job. Well done. Yep. All right. Uh, you're invited to have pasta at Carrie's house, but don't leave. Don't bring the kids. We don't want to have to make too much pasta. You can bring the wife. You can bring the wife, yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, Deal. So Saturday morning cartoon edition of Millennial Match Game brought to you, as always, by our pals at Rocco's European Garage. I'm going to play a theme song jingle of a Saturday morning cartoon. You guys have to guess whether Millennial Ashley will know what cartoon it's from. Let me give you an example. This one doesn't count. Pretty recognizable theme song right there. Ashley Frasca, what cartoon is that from? Well, it says it in the, in the lyrics, Scooby-Doo. Yeah, no, the millennials don't always know that. Even if it says in the lyrics. Oh, you'd they, be surprised. Yeah, they don't always know. <laughs> so it's that easy. Again, Carrie and Mike, you don't need to know the answer. You just have to guess whether millennial Ashley Frasca knows. All right, Carrie, here's the first one. This one counts. Will Ashley Frasca know what cartoon from Saturday morning this comes from? Carrie? I think that's a yes. All right, Ashley Frasca, what cartoon is that from? The traffic center is Looney in the morning. That's Looney Tunes. <laughs> that is correct. Good job, my friend. Uh, very simple game. Feel. Oh, no, I almost I said the name. Never mind. Let's quit, skip over to number three. Mike, will millennial Ashley Frasca know what Saturday morning cartoon this is? What do you think, Mike? No, sir. You say no? No, sir. All right. Ashley Frasca, what cartoon is that from? Ugh. Yeah, I'm going to go with Pinky and the Brain. <laughs> I believe. Uh, <laughs> play it again, Longoria. I think they say it in the thing. Anim Animaniacs is the name of the cartoon. Animaniacs. But that's all right. Mike knew you wouldn't know that, and he gets the point. Good job. Uh, we're up. Uh, it's one-to-one. One. It is one-to-one. One. It's Carrie's turn. One-to-one. Carrie's turn. All right. Round two of Millennial Match Game continues. It is brought to you by Rocco's European Garage. Saturday morning cartoons. Carrie, will Ashley Frasca know what Saturday morning cartoon this is? tune i have no idea what this is from but i'm not playing the game ashley frasca is will she know what cartoon that's from i don't think so ashley frasca do you know what do you want to hear a little more of that frasca nope ducktales oh uh, what's ducktales is that like that was scrooge mcduck swimming around in his money bin no yeah, idea. You don't remember oh, that was my favorite. <laughs> oh, ducktales was the best dude <laughs> apparently i'm way older than you guys but frasca got it good job all right mike here we go uh will millennial ashley frasca Know what Saturday morning cartoon this is. Daughter Judy was cute. Uh, what do you think, Mike? Absolutely yes. You say absolutely yes. Ashley Frasca, what cartoon is that? 
Jane is his wife, and it's the Jetsons. That is. Uh, sorry to interrupt Millennial Match Game. What was the kid's name? Elroy? Elroy. Why didn't you name your son Elroy, mm-hmm. Chuck? Was that even in consideration? <laughs> no, that's a terrible name. Jackson Haynes Abernathy. Elroy. Elroy Haynes? No. Elroy Haynes Bridge no, Road. No, absolutely not. Thomas. All right. Uh, good job. Uh, it is Carrie's turn. Carrie, will Millennial Ashley Frasca know what Saturday morning cartoon this is? <laughs> A lot of lasers going on there. What do you think, Carrie? Will she know? Um, I don't think so. All right, I don't think so either. Ashley Frasco, what cartoon was that? I don't know. I just want to guess the Thundercats, but that's not right. That's a hell of a guess. That is the Transformers. <laughs> More than oh. meets the eye. I, I remember that cartoon. I didn't watch that cartoon. I well, don't I heard know. Decepticon. That sounded familiar. Yeah, that's Frasca's name on Tinder. You remember it, but you didn't watch it. <laughs> I, no, I know of it, you know, but I didn't watch it. All right, whose turn is it, Deborah Green? It's Mike's turn. Mike, here we go. Well, Ashley Frasca know what Saturday morning cartoon this is on Millennial Match Game. The biggest show in town for all you guys and gals. The biggest clown in town is like the fairy hound with all his what that is, but will Ashley Frasca the Millennial know, Mike? What do you think? I'm going with a hard no. Hard no. Ashley Frasca, hard no. No faith in frazzles. What Saturday morning cartoon <laughs> was that, Ashley? That was a few decades back. Is that Bozo the Clown? <laughs> that is not Bozo the Clown. Did he have a theme song? It rhymes with Bozo the Clown. It's Huckleberry Hound, not Bozo the Clown. I, I've heard of Huckleberry Hound, but I have never heard that theme song in my life. Do you remember life. that show? I do remember the show, but not oh. that song at all. Good for Mike with a hard no. Yeah, hard no. Right. He knows Frasca. He's a big fan of green and growing. All right, Carrie, here we go. Will Ashley Frasca the Millennial playing Millennial Match Game for the first time Will she know what Saturday morning cartoon this is? One, two, three. Two. Wait a Interesting uh, intro song there. I don't know what it is, but would Ashley know? Uh, I don't know either, but I'm going to say no as well. You say no as well. Ashley Frasca, what Saturday morning cartoon was that? Carrie's correct. That sounds like a terrible pinball game. I don't know. <laughs> Johnny Bravo. <laughs> Johnny Bravo. I've heard of that, but I have it's no... Is that Cartoon our... Network? Yeah, it's from our friends down at Cartoon oh, Network. Oh, all right. You know, we uh, say, okay. hey, pretty mama. You don't remember uh, that? Apparently, I am not watching enough cartoons, uh, so I would be doing horribly in this game. All right, Mike, here we go. This one's a little uh, tricky. I, th- I think Frasca will know this one, but I'll leave it up to you whether or not you're a hard no. <laughs> To this one, unfortunately. Uh, what do you think? Uh, bah, bah, bah. What do you think? Do you think Frasca will know what cartoon <laughs> that's from? <laughs> uh, Frasca, did you hear the end of that? I I heard Adventures of. All right, that's all she heard was Adventures of. I'm gonna go with a no. Ashley Frasca, Adventures of. I'm ashamed to guess Bugs Bunny because I know that's not right, but I have to make a guess. Rocky and Bullwinkle. 
Oh, yeah, the, the adventures. Squirrel with the moose ears. The squirrel with the moose ears. Exactly right. All right, end of round two, millennial match game. What is the score, Deborah Green? Carrie's got three, Mike's got four. Ooh, we got a nail biter. We'll come back, finish up strong. Ashley Frasca from the traffic team and Green and Growing playing millennial match game on the Mark Aram Show, 95.5 WSB Atlanta's News and Talk. Final round of Millennial Match Game on the Mark Aram Show brought to you always by our pals at Rocco's European Garage. Ashley Frasca is the Millennial. The category is Saturday Morning Cartoons. What is the score and who is up, Deborah Green? Carrie, three. Mike on the board with four, but it's Carrie Cern. Carrie, to tie it up, Millennial Match Game. Will Ashley Frasca know what cartoon this is? Bum, bum. What do you think, Carrie? Um, no. Ashley Frasca, do you know that cartoon? I do. Oh, goodness, I do. Um, how long do I get to think about it? Oh, no. 22 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Dang it, I know it. I can see the characters dancing around. I don't know. I'm going to have to say on it. You said no anyway, Carrie, right? Yes. All right, Ren and Stimpy. <laughs> Ren and Stimpy was the name oh there. Oh, my God. So Carrie gets the point. All right, Mike, for the win. This is it. Will Millennial Ashley Frasca know what cartoon this is? What do you think, Mike? Man, um, God, it's such an easy sing-along. She's a millennial. Um, I'm going to go with... I'm going to give her uh, all the confidence in the world. Yes. Soft yes, Ashley Frasca. What is it? Oh, Mike, I'm sorry to let you down. It's not even a cartoon. My guess is the Teletubbies. Banana splits. Banana splits. We have two <laughs> prize packs to give away, though. We so, do. It's tied. So. Yeah, so you guys are both winners. Frasca, real quick, uh, when's your show on on Saturdays? Green and growing. Saturday morning, 6 to 9. Love it. My favorite show. Uh, oh, I'm Mike, Thanks, <laughs> Mike, and uh, <laughs> Carrie, don't hang up. Uh, Chuck's gonna get you some info, and I'll tell you what you've won when we come back on the Mark Aram Show. Hey there, this is Patrick Warburton, and you are listening to the Mark Aram Show. Who, by the way, stole my Jesus fish? Six thirty-nine, twenty-one in front of seven o'clock. Mark Aram and the Bananas at your beck and call till. Uh, 8 p.m. tonight, perhaps later, we're following developing situation out of Kentucky. The headline is uh, Louisville on edge after no officers charged directly with Breonna Taylor's death. We're going to monitor the situation. We'll get a live update in 30 minutes on the ground in Louisville from a couple of radio reporters. But joining us live now, WSB legal analyst Phil Holloway. Phil, if folks are just getting in their car now and they haven't heard developments today, get us caught up to speed. What did we find out today uh, with the Breonna Taylor case in Louisville, my friend. Sure, Mark. The attorney general uh, investigating this case presented his case to a grand jury, and the grand jury elected not to charge any of the officers directly with any crimes pertinent to Breonna Taylor's death. There was one of the officers who was criminally charged on a essentially a criminal negligence theory for endangering the, the lives of some neighbors, because as you know, uh, gunshots through sheetrock walls, uh, you know, it can be a problem. And so the, the allegations are now that one of the officers uh, was basically criminally negligent in, uh, in firing his weapon vis-a-vis uh, -vis some uh, neighbors. There were no charges directly pertaining to the death of Breonna Taylor, certainly no murder charges, uh, which was really not a surprise. 
Talking to WSB legal analyst Phil Holloway in the Mark Aram Show. Obviously, a lot of attention on this Brianna Taylor case. Certainly tragic situation. Uh, she was shot and killed in her home. She was an EMT. Uh, the the district attorney decided not to indict. Do we know why they decided not to indict on on murder charges or manslaughter charges? What what was what did we find out today from the evidence? Well, it's ultimately up to the grand jury, Mark. But you know they they are driven by the prosecutor, and so who knows what was said in that grand jury room? It's in secret, but. The idea is that you know, for a murder charge to be appropriate, you're going to have to show that there was an you know an intention to to kill her, uh, and I don't think that the facts would objectively point that out. And you also have to say that they were involved in some type of or underlying felony if you wanted to go with a felony murder. So the the facts of the case really just don't support murder, in my view, particularly if you're in law enforcement and you're executing a um, a warrant signed by a judge. And you know the, you experience incoming fire in your direction. Uh, reasonable officers almost always would would return fire uh, for the most part under that scenario. So that's why it would be very difficult to make a murder case. Now there is a a, a weird sort of criminal theory with regard to one of the officers. I'm not really following the attorney general. Um, I want to I want to hear more about it. I'd like to see how he's going to explain this legal theory. But if his theory is that the officer endangered the lives of some neighbors um, because he was maybe uh, not a very good marksman with his pistol or some shots went, went the wrong rec- wrong way. I'd, I'd like to see that. That might be a hard case to make. Taylor's boyfriend allegedly shot first. I, I would think as a layman that makes a big difference in this case, right? It does. Now, here's the thing, though, Mark, and this is the problem with these. Uh, this wasn't really a no-knock warrant situation. The, the, the warrant justified them entering without knocking, but the Apparently, the evidence was that they did knock and announce their presence. So at 2 o'clock in the morning, though, it's not really inconceivable that someone might be uh, sleeping with a a pistol next to their bed. And if you have unknown persons barging into your house in a violent and tumultuous way, it's not unforeseeable that a homeowner uh, or a resident might might feel that their life is in danger and, and start shooting at the in, intruders, not knowing their, their police. So this is certainly a tragedy, and I think it's worth taking a look at police procedure and, and looking closely at whether or not this is really how, how officers need to be executing warrants. There can be a situation that might warrant it, but th- these things need to be done very, very carefully. Do we know, uh, so we had one witness say that the police did announce their presence, but I've heard that there are 12 witnesses that contract or contradict, rather, that one witness's testimony. What do we know about how the authorities announced their, or their presence when they were serving that warrant? Under common law, and, and traditionally officers must knock and announce their presence, but certain states have made um, laws that allow for no-knock warrants, and the Supreme Court has said under certain circumstances it can be appropriate, such as when you know things are about to be flushed down the toilet or bad guys might be getting away. There's exigencies involved. The officers have said that they did knock and announce, and there was at least one civilian, as I understand it, who uh, corroborated that. If there were others that said that they didn't, then you have a factual dispute. And when you have, you know, witnesses who don't remember things the, the exact same way, it can cause problems for uh, grand juries or even trial juries in determining what happened. So maybe they gave them the benefit of the doubt because there, there certainly was their testimony, and then there was corroboration by an independent witness, at least one, 
uh, to the effect that they did knock and announce. WSB legal analyst Phil Holloway joining us on the Mark Aram Show discussing the latest developments on the uh, really tragic situation of Breonna Taylor. Uh, Phil, if you, if you don't mind, can you hang on for a second? Because I do want to ask you about the warrants that started this off. So think about that. We'll come back. We'll pick your brain some more. Obviously, some breaking news. We're monitoring the streets of Louisville. We're monitoring the streets here of Atlanta. If anything does break, Pop will join you live with that uh, throughout the night, if need be. Uh, 404-872-0750. 1-800-WSB-TALK. It's the Mark Aram Show on 95.5 WSB, Atlanta's News and Talk. Mark Aram back with you, monitoring the streets of Louisville, Kentucky, live and the streets of Atlanta. Reaction to the Brianna Taylor story. Continuing our in-depth legal analysts uh, analysis is WSB legal analyst Phil Holloway. I promise not to hang up on you anymore, Phil. No worries. <laughs> Sorry I'm... about that, brother. Uh, so obviously, the story's been in the news for months and months. Tragic story: uh, Brianna Taylor shot and killed in her own home, own home. The warrant that started all this. Do we do we know much about this? Why were the police at at her apartment? So it was a search warrant, and they were they were basically. Uh, executing this warrant is during a narcotics investigation, Mark, and it was connected to an, another person, a third party who didn't live there. And, and when they got there, of course, there was no, no drugs were found. So that's the, the biggest uh, issue in my mind is, is why were they there? Normally, you'd expect some surveillance, uh, some, some intel to be gathered to determine if the person that you're sort of after, the person or the, or the drugs that you're looking for might actually be there. Uh, this person who was charged, this officer, former detective, I think was in a supervisory role, and that may explain this negligence theory with respect to the neighbors. If it was reckless in the extreme for him to be executing that warrant at that home with, without any proper intelligence at 2 o'clock in the morning and circumstances like that, I can see where that might be, be negligent. And that could also explain why the other officers who maybe weren't part of the planning uh, may not have been charged, but that was what it was about. It was it was certainly a tragedy. And I got to say, I, I I tend to agree with the attorney general when he made a statement to the effect that you know the criminal law is just not designed, Mark, to deal with things that are simply pure tragedies. There are tragic events that take place, things that are awful. I've had it in my own career, just real tragedies that were wrongfully charged as a crime. So criminal law is just ill suited to deal with everything that's heartbreaking. But this one. Certainly is heartbreaking. Do we know it was the? Uh, I, I'm assuming Brianna Taylor wasn't the subject of this warrant. Was her boyfriend a, a, a person of interest or something? Was he uh, targeted by these warrants at all? No, apparently, Mark. It was for a third person hmm. uh, who was not even there, and and I don't know why they would have thought that he was there. But that's got to be a question that uh, needs to be looked into. And I, I would imagine that at the trial of this case, we'll learn much more about that. Obviously, you know, the eyes of the world have been in Louisville in this situation. Uh, the, the, uh, district attorney said they, they use the resources of the FBI. I mean, they, they, they put some manpower into this to make sure all their eyes were uh, dotted and their T's were crossed. Correct. They did. They had the FBI there doing ballistics analysis, trying to figure out what angle uh, the bullets came from and, and, and things of that. And there were about 24 rounds fired by three officers. So, you know, you know, if you divide 24 by three, you'll get eight. But I think one, I think the person that was charged, they said, fired 10 shots in response to one that was, was inbound. So you had a lot of that kind of stuff looked at by the FBI. But the bottom line is this. Police work, Mark, has to be looked at under an objective reasonableness standard. The Supreme Court unanimously told us in 1989 that a police officer's actions in using force 
would be legal if another officer under the same or similar circumstances would, would have done the same thing. And so what it comes down to is how are officers supposed to respond to someone shooting at them? I'm not In this case, it doesn't look like they were unlawfully fired on, but they were fired on, and they responded the way that I think we would expect police officers to respond. Phil Holloway, WSB Legal Analyst, joining on the Mark Aram Show. Now, now, just a couple of days ago, maybe last week, there was a settlement reached with the Taylor family. That's That has no connection to this, right? This was What, what was that settlement? Yeah, that was a civil case because the argument is that the police department and, uh, by extension, the city was negligent in, in, in wrongful death. Uh, by, by virtue of the actions of its employees, the police. And there was a, I won't say $12 million, I'm sure people will correct me if I'm wrong, but that's what comes to mind. It was a, it was a major settlement, uh, and it went to the plaintiffs, which was her estate and, and surviving family. Uh, and those monetary damages, the, the money is uh, theoretically meant to uh, provide a civil remedy for a civil injustice. WSB legal analyst Phil Holloway, great insight as always. Please follow Phil on Twitter at Phil Holloway ESQ. Uh, if anything else develops with this, Phil, keep your phone on, man. We're going to check back in with you. I'll be here, buddy. Thanks there you so go. Much. And I'm, I'm actually going to hang up on you this time for the for you real. Got it. Same. All right. Take care, buddy. He goes, same, jerk. Uh, all right, so good stuff. A lot of stuff we didn't know there. Developments here. Coming up after news, weather, and traffic, we're going to go live to Louisville. Reporters Paul Miles and Will Clark from WHAS will join us. And your thoughts at 404-872-0750. This is The Mark Aram Show. The Mark Aram Show is performed before a live studio audience. No, I want this town to be near you. Welcome back to the show and a good Wednesday Eve to you. Mark Aram here, you there at 707, seven minutes after seven o'clock. This is the Mark Aram Show, heard Monday through Friday, 6 to 8 p.m. on 95.5 WSB, Atlanta's News and Talk. The whole gang here tonight, Deborah Green produces the show. Longoria, the stoic one on the other side of the takeout window, Low T. Chuck screens your calls. Uh, we're going to lighten things up in 30 minutes with Johnny Kilbasa in a fast food review. We're going to continue to follow breaking news, though, out of Louisville, Kentucky today. Uh, the very latest on the Breonna Taylor case. We are monitoring the streets of Atlanta here. There have been some minor protests, but as you know, as the sun sets here in uh, the capital city of Georgia, things tend to go sideways sometimes. Uh, so we're going to be here live with you uh, covering it throughout the night and have the very latest tomorrow morning on Atlanta's Morning News with Scott Slade. I do want to get your calls through the action of the uh, Breonna Taylor case developments today. But first, let's go live to uh, Louisville, Kentucky. Uh, Will Clark from WHAS joins us on the Mark Aram Show. How are you, Will? I am doing well. It's uh, been kind of a rough day here in the city of Louisville. What's the, what's the the the... the mood of the city right now if you will what what how is louisville reacting how have they been reacting and and what are you seeing on the streets it's it's kind of a a mixed mood i think that there's a little bit of relief that after six months we're finally at a point where there's some uh judicial resolution of some sort getting a grand jury decision uh i then i think that it fired up uh, a lot of angst that had been building up too to only get uh, the three indictments of one endangerment against the one officer who had already been fired anyway. And uh, you go back and look through his personnel file. He was bringing a lot of baggage to the table before the Breonna Taylor shooting even happened. So 
uh, if it hadn't been the Breonna Taylor shooting, there was probably something else that was going to come down the pike and and do him in as far as being a Louisville police officer. Uh, the, the protests uh, picked up pretty quickly right after the decision. There was a lot of people who gathered in Jefferson Square Park, which is in downtown Louisville, and to kind of set the scene of, of what that looks like, it's not even a full city block. It's about a half a city block. On one side, it's a big bank tower, and then the other side, it's kind of like a reverse county square from a small town. The mayor's office is on one side. The uh, the courthouse is on another side, and then the the Commonwealth's attorney's office is on the other. So there's kind of all of the, the parts of government are right there, and then this park that the the protesters have more or less adopted since May is right there in the middle. And they listened to the uh, Zoom call of the grand jury reading, and as soon as it came down, it was just going to be that one officer getting the three indictments. Uh, there was a lot of people who got emotional. There was a couple of people who uh, were just doubled over in the street with tears. And then the, the protesters kind of um, came to life, if you will. They the, the the whole thing just just started to pick up and, they moved out of the downtown area. They moved into one of the uh, the suburban areas, and that's where the first police clash was. Um, they got them in – it's a neighborhood called the Highlands here in Louisville. It's kind of an artsier neighborhood, your eclectic local restaurants, stuff like that. And they ended up down there, and the police kind of got them into a, to a neighborhood, and they uh, declared it an unlawful gathering. And about eight to ten people got arrested there for – assorted violations of blocking. I think that typically they get people for, for blocking a highway. If it's a protest barge here in Louisville, that's what it's been in the past. And you get some of them will get other charges for throwing water bottles or in some cases, for some reason, we've decided in the city that it's okay to throw uh, excrement at police. And Oof. that brings a whole other set of charges. Talking, uh, talking so, to Will Clark from WHAS in Louisville, obviously uh, monitoring the reaction in, in that city to the Breonna Taylor uh, verdict today, the the indictment of the officer, but not the charges that the protesters want. What What's the biggest beef that the protesters are, are bringing up because of today's developments, Will? I think that they wanted murder charges. And it, I, I could see where they, they think that it's justified. But when you hear what Kentucky law is, um, and um, they may not like how it's written, but it's the law of the land that if officers are fired upon, then they are justified to use force in returning it. So the boyfriend of Breonna Taylor, Kenneth Walker, according to the attorney general, when he was going through his dissemination of what happened today, said that the, the first officer through, that would be uh, John Mattingly, saw two people at the end of the hallway in the apartment. One of them was Kenneth Walker. The other, obviously, Breonna Taylor. He says Kenneth Walker was standing there with a gun in his hand. Kenneth Walker fires a shot, hits Mattingly in the leg, and then they start shooting back. Um, the second officer behind the door was Miles Cosgrove. He was the one that LMPD – or not the LMPD, but the uh, attorney general said had the kill shot. So between the two of them, they had 16 shots, and then the officer who was fired and then summarily – uh, indicted today by the grand jury, Brett Hankison fired 10 shots, but his primary issue was that he wasn't really firing with any regard for, at this point, anybody's safety because he was shooting through windows and walls and ex exactly who or what he was shooting at is kind of sketchy. But I guess he just heard gunfire and decided he was going to get it on the game and put 10 shots through a wall. 
Interesting. Uh, so obviously the, the, the spotlight has been on your fair city for, for months and months now. Um, obviously there's been a, a lot of buildup to today. What do you, I don't want you to forecast this, but do you think things are going to get worse tonight on the streets of Louisville? I think so because everything kind of picked up a lot of momentum at the end of May. And there was a couple of really bad nights like national guard in town, state police, tear gas, pepper balls, a lot of problems. And then we ended up with the second night the national guard was in town was when the National Guard ended up shooting and killing a man in the city's West End. And things kind of simmered and boiled over a little more. And there there have been other protests, but none of them tremendously out of the ordinary. People marching, people with signs. It's every city has them. It's and everybody, okay, well they're they're peacefully assembling, so rock on, good times. But this one kind of picked up right off the bat and I think that the feeling is gonna be that they they wanted murder charges. That was kind of their, their rallying cry through this whole thing. They wanted the officers fired and arrested and charged. Mm-hmm. And now the two officers right now, the mayor didn't commit to firing them in the press conference this afternoon. Uh, the one who was fired and has been indicted turned himself in in another county and was immediately released. So the the protesters didn't get a whole lot of what they wanted today if anything they've got three indictments to show for it but they're they're class d felonies here in kentucky which means that if a jury were to go through the whole trial process and find him guilty it's at most 15 years will clark from whas in louisville joining us on the mark aram show legally is that the end of the road or are there any other avenues that justice could be pursued the federal government is still looking into the case because there's some concerns on how the warrant was obtained and some civil rights violations potentially. And now that that could end up coming back and putting some charges on the other two officers. But with the federal government obviously has a lot on its plate now with mm-hmm. being an election year and the federal government moves at its own speed anyway. So it's not like this is going to be something that, that the federal government's going to come down tomorrow and say, hey, we saw what you did yesterday. Here's our report too. So that this may be another kind of drop of gas on the fire a few months down the road where we have to come back and do this again. Will, I appreciate the insight. Uh, our our thoughts here in Atlanta are with you guys in Louisville and uh, try to try to stay safe out there, buddy. All right. Yeah, so far so good. It's relatively quiet now, but we're anticipating the night to get kind of rough. No doubt. I appreciate it. Will Clark from WHAS in Louisville on the Mark Aram Show. I'm seeing a live picture now, a helicopter shot. I, I'm guessing maybe 100 protesters, Deborah. If you see behind you there on that screen, doesn't look like a huge amount, but uh, yeah, it looks like it's starting to grow though. It's it's still early for sure. Uh, just a uh, just the tragic situation, and um, I don't think anyone is going to be happy with anything, right? In this case, an innocent woman was shot and killed in her home. Um, that that's the bottom line. Your thoughts on this, uh, Coach? Joins us in Woodstock, Coach. Thanks yeah, for hanging on. Welcome to the yeah, show, buddy. Thank you. Are you there, sir? Yeah. What What are your thoughts on this tragedy, bud? Well, it's real simple, sir. I'm. I, it's It's horrible. Um, I'm from Louisville, and all I want to do is become the official coach of the Mark Aram show. You are. You, you are dubbed the coach. You are thusly dubbed the coach of the Mark Aram show. <laughs> Although, so I, Mark. Yes. So, so, Mark. The bottom line is there's no Louis in Louisville. Louisville. I'm sorry, Louisville. 
So here's why. I hear all the shoes and all the pots and pans being thrown at the radio because of the pronunciation. But see, you now have the power. You can go officially to all all the news networks and say, hey, look, it's not Louis. There's no Louis to it. It's Louisville. Louisville. I I apologize. I knew that going in. I just like to enunciate Louisville. 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 I'll work on it. Okay. Following breaking news in Louisville. Tony is in College Park. Tony, welcome to the Mark Aram Show. Hey, thanks for taking the call. This is a terrible, terrible thing all the way around. There's mm-hmm. there's nothing good that comes out of this. And uh, I, I understand the legal points. I, I understand the, the protesters. Uh, I, my heart goes out to the, to the, to the, the relatives. Um, with this issue being accountability, I've been wanting to hear something for a long time, and you guys mentioned it on your newscast about the uh, gentleman who was murdered by the three white guys in Georgia. And the thing that I haven't heard anything about is the district attorney who said, don't investigate. In in the Georgia case or in the Louisville case? The the, the Georgia case. Because accountability is whatever... With the Mont Arbery, yeah. yes, I I couldn't think of the name, and I didn't want to take up all the time. Um, with the, the whole this whole protesting thing nationwide is about accountability, mm-hmm. and one of the one of the people that looks like they're going to get away with it is the district attorney who said, "Do not investigate, do not pursue." In the Ahmad Arbery case, not the Louisville Brianna Taylor case. Per, yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Uh, Have you heard anything? About no, I haven't. That? You know, it's it's just the way that news is these days. Like uh, that hasn't even crossed my mind. But we'll check into that for sure because that is certainly a case worth monitoring uh, down in Brunswick, Georgia. Uh, we're going to focus on Louisville tonight. Your thoughts on what happened today with the Breonna Taylor case, 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. In about 20 minutes, we're going to go back to the streets in Louisville, Louisville, and check on that as well. But I would like to hear your thoughts. 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK on Twitter and Instagram at Mark Aram. This is The Mark Aram Show. Mark Aram on 95.5 WSB, Atlantis News and Talk. Welcome back to the show. I'm monitoring the streets in Louisville. The crowds are growing there. Uh, no reports of any big disturbances here in the city of Atlanta. But again, as, it, uh, as night falls, that could change rapidly. We'll be here with you live throughout the evening to give you updates. David joined us in Buford. David, welcome to the program. Hey, Mark. Thank you very much for doing this. Um, I've got a question if you can ask Mr. Clark the next time you talk to him or the, the next uh, person on the street. I've already seen pictures posted of people getting signs uh, for protesting out of a U-Haul truck that supposedly delivered the signs to within about 15 minutes of the courthouse um, within just minutes after the verdict was announced. The troubling thing that I saw in these pictures was they also had homemade riot shields. Um, uh, basically plywood boards with handles on the back. Is that so why U-Haul is could... trending on Twitter? Because I noticed, I was like, why is U-Haul trending on Twitter? Is that why? That that very well could be, because there, there was actually pictures of a U-Haul with people gathered around it in Louisville um, pulling down signs and riot shields. And to me, okay, signs I get, especially if they've been protesting 
on and off for a period of time, you know, yeah. save work. I so I'm like looking that. at video right now. That that uh, that's interesting. So I see them on. I see this video of them unloading the signs, and the riot shields seem to be like uh, metal um, sleigh. What are the not sleighs, but uh, you know, you go down the the hill, the a snowy sled? hill, a sled, yeah, like Same one of those thing. metal yeah. discs there. Um, now I I don't know anything about that. I'm just hearing uh, from this from you about this. I would think so. When the Louisville Police Department announced, I believe yesterday, that no one can call in sick for today. Like that was the that was the green light. Like this is going to be a situation. So that's probably where these uh, these protesters pre made the signs, getting ready to do this. But that's interesting. Let me. I'm going to check the veracity of that video. But uh, yeah, the, the riot shields is what concerns me because that sounds like planning for violence beforehand. Yeah, yeah. Um, interesting. All right. Good. Good. Heads up there, David. I appreciate it, buddy. Thank you. All right. I, I was like, why the hell is U-Haul trending? That's why. Have you seen this video, Chuck? Again, I, I mean, it's it's the internet. No, but so. I know there's organizers that do stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, I, I hate to go with a video on uh, Twitter that was tweeted by Jack Prozobiak, that guy. Well, what? yeah, yeah. He's 50-50. He's yeah, 50-50 so. with that guy. I'll, I'll keep looking. We are, You know what? I'm, we're going back to Louisville yeah, uh, next with a reporter, so we'll ask him. Good, good heads up, Dave. Plus your calls, plus... Johnny Kilbasa with a fast food review, 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK, on Twitter and Instagram, at Mark Aram. News, weather, traffic, next. Hey, this is Ray Liotta, and you're listening to the Mark... Mar- uh- Welcome back to the show, 736, 24 in front of 8 o'clock, 70 degrees on Peachtree Street. We're monitoring the streets of Atlanta and the streets of Louisville as the Breonna Taylor situation took a turn today with uh, just one indictment for one of the police officers involved in the shooting. And it was an indictment that uh, the protesters apparently did not like. Let's go back live to the streets of Louisville. Paul Miles from WHAS joins us on the show. How are you, Paul? Hey, Mark, I'm doing well. Thank you. Yeah, the protesters, hundreds of protesters have taken to the streets of downtown Louisville here uh, following that grand jury report this afternoon that uh, basically indicted one police officer, but not for the death of Breonna Taylor. He was indicted for wanton endangerment for firing blindly into an apartment building. Two other officers, including one who shot and killed Breonna Taylor, were not indicted today. The caller uh, I had just before the news break um, mentioned a video that's been circulating on Twitter of a U-Haul truck that pulled up into downtown Louisville, I'm assuming, uh, filled with um, s- some sort of shields and protest signs. Have you heard anything about this? It's, it's trending on Twitter right now. I just want to know if we uh, can check the veracity of, of the video that's circulating right now. No, I heard the same thing. I've not been able to confirm that uh, that indeed did happen and what that truck is or what's inside it. I, I don't know don't know anything uh, anything about that right now. All right. Uh, thank you for, for uh, if you can, in the future, check on that. Paul. I, I just hate to put something on the air that, that hasn't been verified yet. Uh, you know, you see some, some of these videos that pop up on Twitter that are supposed to be in Atlanta. It's actually in Bulgaria where the thing is, is going on. So I just want to check on that. I do want to ask you about... The warrants that started this whole case, what do we know about the warrants? Because we had our legal analyst on mm-hmm. earlier, and uh, the, apparently Brianna Taylor's boyfriend was not named in the warrant. How did these warrants start, and what were they looking for? 
Well, the police were looking for drugs, and they had done surveillance on uh, that apartment where Brianna Taylor lived because her boyfriend was living there with her. And there were uh, there was surveillance signs that uh, possibly drugs were being moved in and out of that apartment, either by uh, uh, her boyfriend or another person or other people going in and out of there. There were also surveillance. Uh, there was also surveillance of other homes in that neighborhood. So police were able to obtain uh, what's called a no-knock warrant to go in and and look for drugs. They never found the drugs, and basically what happened was. They went in. Police say they announced when they walked in, when they broke down the door, they announced police. The boyfriend of Breonna Taylor, here's the key to the story, claims that uh, he thought the police were intruders. That's why he fired a shot and hit one of the officers. The two officers who fired back uh, were basically cleared today by the grand jury because prosecutors and the grand jury decided, well, they fired in self-defense. Talking to Paul Miles from WHAS in Louisville, Kentucky. As as things get darker here in Atlanta, we're going to monitor the streets. Obviously, uh, you know, being your neighbors to the south, a lot of folks here very uh, concerned about what happened today with the Breonna Taylor story. Uh, are you worried that things, uh, as as night falls in in Kentucky, that things will get uh, take a bad turn there on the streets of Louisville? Oh, I think there's a good chance of that, Mark. Uh, you know, that um, there's a curfew in a place that goes into effect at nine o'clock Eastern time, so. Uh, less than 90 minutes from now, and I think the protesters will, will try to test that. In the past, they've done that. There have already been multiple uh, dozens of arrests here made by police for uh, unlawful assembly for people, protesters blocking the streets. Uh, uh, not long ago, the Kentucky National Guard issued a statement. We knew that the National Guard had been activated. We've now learned that 500 members of the Kentucky National Guard have deployed here to Louisville to help keep the peace. Uh, Paul, I really appreciate it. I want you to stay safe out there. And uh, and if you don't mind, if, if things take a turn for, uh, for the worse, we'll get back to you if you don't mind. Okay, no problem. Thanks, Mark. Right, thank you very much. That is uh, Paul Miles from WHAS uh, News Radio, W840 in Louisville, Kentucky. So he, had, he has heard of that video, the U-Haul. Uh, we'll still check on the facts on that. I'm going to get to your calls in just a second. But first... And now, on the Mark Aram Show, it's time for the Fast Food Review. Yeah, yeah. Joining us live on the Greasy Salty Hotline from parts unknown, height unknown, weight we do not want to know, Johnny Kilbasa and the ever so popular Fast Food Review. How you doing, Jonathan? I'm doing great, Mark Aram. Does it sound like I'm right next to you, whispering in your ear now? It literally sounds like you're on my lap, which is pretty uh, pretty cool. You yeah. sound fantastic, you're gonna have- buddy. Great. You're going to have dreams about going to me on the phone, and then actually I'm going to be right next to you. And you're going to be like, whoa, wait a second. That's a little too good, Mark. Crystal clear, um, fast food reviews from now on. What's cooking, John? I, I feel like I'm naked out there as opposed to <laughs> hiding behind a bad phone. But anyway, Mark, quick tip. L-U-H-V-U-L-L. Think of that in your head, and you'll pronounce it right. L-U-H-V-U-L-L. The reporter called it Louisville. I mean, He's to, not from there. All right. I mean, work, uh, whatever. Louisville. <laughs> Lowellville, yeah, Lowellville. Swallow it. Yeah, DeKalb County. Uh, What's cooking, Johnny? What do we got on the menu, buddy? Hardee's on an extra meat day like today is bringing out some extra meat, Mark. They've got a prime rib menu like the good old days at the Pink Pony on Friday afternoon. They're pulling out the quote-unquote prime rib and slicing it on everything, Mark. They're putting it on three different things now. You've got a prime rib and cheddar Angus thick burger. 
they're throwing the prime rib on top of a burger. And then they're going to throw a little prime rib and a burrito with some eggs and some cheese. Ooh. And they're also going to do whoa, a... Whoa, 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 uh, sure. whoa, whoa. Breaking news, me, Longoria. What the hell did you just say, Longoria? I mean, low-T Chuck? I mean, Where? you got to kill myself. I'm so <laughs> thrown by this. What? What's going on? Breaking news in the burrito world tonight, Mark. Uh, in the fast food world, you don't see prime rib on a burrito very often. But now Hardee's is offering a prime rib burrito. We're going to pull out their fluffy eggs. They're going to pull out their shredded cheese. And they're going to wrap it with some prime rib in a warm flour tortilla. A prime rib breakfast calories. burrito? Every day of the week, Mark. Let's go to the queen of the burritos, Deborah Green, producer of the show. Does that offend you? You're Mexicanist? Clearly, white people don't realize that you put anything in a tortilla. So it's Whatever's fine. left over, right? Please. Yes, yeah. yeah. Whatever's it's left a, it's over. It's the scooper. Yeah. So this is turkey, not insulting your... prime rib, whatever. You're, you're not butter. insulting the Corn. heritage. No. That's fantastic. Until you put sour cream on it. Then yeah, you yeah. Oh, really? Oh, yes. Gross. Mm. What about queso? Can I put queso on it? In yes, it? Whatever? Yeah, All right. Yeah, yeah. Johnny, that's fantastic news. So what, what I love about... Uh, Longori and I, a quick plug, go to Vintage Barbershop in Sandy Springs, Georgia. Yes. And I always show up 30 minutes early okay. because there's a Hardee's in the parking lot. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, because ever since they they took away my Hardee's on Howell Mill Road, I've been uh, Hardee's, I've been on a, a Hardee's desert. And there's one at uh, Vintage Barbershop on Sandy Springs. Uh, so I every time, like say I got a 2.30 appointment, I show up at 2 Knock out a fat meal at Hardee's <laughs> oh, and then God. go get my hair cut. Oh. I'm going to have to make a morning appointment, though, to get this prime rib burrito. That's phenomenal, Johnny Kilbasa. But that's not all, Mark. Oh, and, and there's more. <sighs> prime rib and fried egg biscuit. They're throwing the prime rib on a biscuit with Swiss cheese and a fried egg instead of a scrambled egg blanket on a buttermilk biscuit right there. God, so it's three damn. different things on the prime rib menu at Hardee's. That's uh, is this a limited time? Do I need to get my hair cut tomorrow? What's going on with this? It certainly is for a limited time. You got a couple weeks though before they run out of the prime rib. Oh man, you want to you want to get a haircut tomorrow, Longoria? I'm down. I got to get one this weekend anyway. Yeah, yeah. damn. You haven't stopped at the Hardee's right there? I didn't know there was. I didn't realize. Oh, it. it's right there. Just yeah, turn around just, the corner. I mean, it's right there. And they're really nice too. They're really nice folks at that Hardee's. So I'll check it out. Oh, that's. I'm glad you brought us some good news, Johnny, because this show is starting to get me down. That is fantastic. Hey, we appreciate you as always. And if the cholesterol is high, so am I. Johnny Cabasa on Twitter. Johnny Cabasa rocks on Instagram. 30 podcasts in 30 days on the Sausage Hut podcast on any pod app or johnnycobasa.com. All things Kilbasa on johnnycobasa.com. Appreciate you, bro. Anytime, bro. Oh, he sounds so good, Longoria. Good job with that clean feed. I know you're not a fast food fan, Deborah Green, but the prime rib burrito. I feel like I just make one at home. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. They're probably better. <laughs> Chuck, I'm with you. All right, I'll go get one. Yeah, it sounds better than a lot of other breakfast that's, items. I've at a never, lot of other places. I've never even thought of prime rib in a breakfast burrito. That's that's all right. I'm excited. I'm excited now. Uh, let's go back to the phones talking about the uh, Brianna Taylor case. Sorry to do a 180 there on you. Zany's in Brookhaven. Zany, welcome to the Mark Aram Show. Hey, thanks for having me on. Um, I, I, I and I'll be very careful how I deliver this. Okay. Um, I, I'll say this. I think there's outside of clearly a tragic, tragic uh, loss of life is the immediate deduction that every time somebody um, in the African community, African-American community loses their life, that immediately there's calls for murder charges, that immediately it it defaults to uh, riots and protests that have the potential to escalate, et cetera. Because you're not seeing that when, sadly, other people 
are also, you know, at times lose their life to situations. I would also say that I have concerns as well that the ongoing vilification of the law enforcement community. Understand these folks just didn't randomly walk into a place and start popping off, sh- uh, off shots. You know, they were, they were there after long-term surveillance. Of course, you're going to go in with a heightened level of sensitivity when you go into that situation. And then regardless of cause, when somebody fires at you, that's the key. Going that, to that's the key fire. right there. But but I mean, do you blame the homeowner for firing though? Like he he said he thought there was an intruder. He didn't hear them identify themselves as police officers. I mean, take no, and, take and race I, out I, of I it. I think your point your your point's very articulate. I, I don't blame the homeowner for firing. Somebody comes into my house. <laughs> yeah, they're getting uh, they, shot. They, they, but they here's the here's the thing, Zany. If, if, if you take the race out of it, it the, if you take no, race, I'm sorry. if you take race out of it. It's still a tragedy, right? I still think we're upset that, you know, this homeowner, and there were no drugs in the house, uh, thinks he's he got a home intruder, he shoots, and unfortunately his innocent girlfriend gets shot and killed. Uh, so, I mean, it's just a horrible situation all around. Would we be seeing calls if, if this was a, a Caucasian woman that was shot and killed with a Caucasian boyfriend? I don't know. Um, certainly not the same people wouldn't be protesting, I don't think. But it's, I mean, regardless of, of the race, it's just a horrible situation. If, if that happened to me, I get, never mind like banging on my door and knocking it down. I get super hyper, hyper alert when someone just knocks on my door. That just doesn't happen anymore in 2020. you're just like, I didn't invite anybody yeah, over, Yeah, well, right? I didn't order Uber Eats. What the hell's going say, on? It's not Uber Eats. They shouldn't <laughs> yeah. be there. Yeah, do you freak out? Like, there have been times where I didn't answer someone knocking at my door. I was like, I don't know. No, who. I never answer. I'll even look at the window and make eye contact yeah. and then just go sit back down again. 1981, someone knocks on my parents' door. I'm running. Who's this? Who's who's visiting us? <laughs> now in 2020, I'm like, uh, I didn't order any food. I don't know what's going on. I don't, I'm not bothering with that. Uh, Dusty's up on the Mark Aram Show. What's going on, Dusty? Hey, I'm calling because um, I wanted to address what the guy said about the youth law truck. But also, listening in, I want to address what the last guy said about, you know, other races not protesting. And they should. They should protest because white people do get killed by the police. And so do other races. They should protest. It's an injustice. But also, the U-Haul truck, when he said that he had a problem with um, the fact that they were preparing for violence, but I think that we always tend to vilify the people that are reacting to violence, right? Because he said, um, you you said that... um, the, the police had declared a state of emergency, which means they were the ones prepping for violence. Mm-hmm. But when once the he saw the U-Haul truck, that's when he got scared. That's when he started to be feel you know a little iffy about it. But why not feel iffy about it when the police were? I don't, I don't see uh, a shield. To me, isn't a that's more of protection, right? You know, I don't I see that as a form of protection, not a form of. It's not a weapon, per se. Especially if he was talking about they were throwing feces yeah, on a shield. Yeah, that's kind of gross. Uh, it's just a, it's a tragic situation. It's a horrible situation. I hope things calm down uh, in Louisville. I hope things don't get really bad here in Atlanta. We'll come back. We'll finish up with your calls on Twitter and Instagram at Mark Aram. This is The Mark Aram Show. Mark Aram on 95.5 WSB, Atlantis News and Talk. Final segment of the Mark Aram Show, but we're going to roll on live, right, with Word on the Street? We don't know. Yeah, Word on the Street's coming up at 8, so don't go anywhere. Hang tight. Uh, Bill joins us in. Buckhead Bill, welcome to the show, brother. How are you? Hey, I pray for peace all across this great land of ours tonight. But let me address this thing, and, and the government, I don't hear any about it on the media, anything. This 
even the there's a dark side of this uh, whole thing, and it's the Antifa thing. This is so organized. It, it I, these people are being brought in, and this this government, like the FBI or whatever, needs to infiltrate some of that, just like they would a drug cartel. What about the, the organized uh, protesters uh, from the right side, the the Bugaboo Boys and and stuff like that? Well, on both sides, I yeah. mean. It's Black Lives Matter. You, you see video of some of that uh, horrendous stuff going on, and you can tell the people aren't necessarily African American, and they're masked up. And uh, one of the Portland uh, Portland firemen who was African American, they were uh, bombing. I'm not bombing, but shelling his house. Mm-hmm. So the government needs to look into this. Yeah. And, and Again, the just for the record, saying it. just for the record, I am a hundred percent for peaceful protests as soon as it becomes non-peaceful that that's when it's got to be stopped but that's our constitutional right to peacefully protest whether you're mark aram or you're russ in gainesville you have that right russ come here a minute i want to talk what's going on russ hey mark i was going to tell you something you know i bought a little house in coming mm-hmm. and i lived there 10 years and a couple of times the cops came and let me tell you something the warrant cops they don't come in police cars. They come in regular cars, just like you drive. Yeah. They don't wear uniforms, and they would beat on the doors and walk around the house and try to open windows and stuff. And I open the door, and they're looking for somebody I've never even heard of. Now, what do you think would have happened if I went to the door with a gun? I think uh, they, I would not be talking to Russ in Gainesville right now. Yeah, that's the thing. You know, sometimes they don't know. You know, it, yeah. I don't know if it's somebody that used Here, to Here's something that whatnot, we need to look forward to and 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 investigate more. Why? Apparently, it was a bad warrant, right? There was no drugs. That wasn't the thing. The origins of that warrant and the uh, and the intelligence that brought them to Brianna Taylor's apartment. That I think needs to be examined more. Uh, let's do star of the show, Longoria. Are you guys ready for the Mark Aram star of the show? Dr. Chris Chandler gets star of the show. He hooked us up with those two reporters from uh, Louisville, the two radio folks from Louisville, Kentucky. So Chris Chandler with a rare star of the show. I mean, he's great, but I don't think he's ever gotten star of the show before. Uh, we will continue the con- Oh, short show tomorrow, one hour tomorrow, 6 to 7. Uh, we'll continue the conversation on Twitter and Instagram at Mark Aram. Facebook, Mark Aram WSB. Don't go anywhere. Live coverage continues with Word on the Street. In the meantime, go to sleep, little baby. Go to sleep, you little baby. Guests of the Mark Aram Show stay at the All Suite Omni Hotel, located in the heart of Chicago's Magnificent Mile. Thanks for listening to the Mark Aram Show podcast. Thanks for Xfinity for sponsoring said podcast. A couple of things in life I don't skimp on. Toilet paper, razor blades, seafood. I want the best of the best when it comes to all three. And internet. That's why I use Xfinity Internet. And it's the amazing 10G network. The 10G network from Xfinity, the future starts now. Smarter, more consistent, and a secure network, and it only gets better. Jump on board the Xfinity 10G network online. Just go to Xfinity.com.